Hello and welcome to another edition of Editing Aloud. And before we start, we've just got a lovely uh, uh, new face on our panel with us and the new editor uh, of Business Day, Lucanio Mianda. Welcome, Luke, and an old friend of Business Day too, but you've been away for a long time. Where have you you've been? In, you've come from Scotland, right? Thank you, Peter. It's nice to be back after all these years. I mean, I was here many years yeah. back. I've been in I the UK about well. 11 years until yesterday. Yeah. Uh, sorry, until last Tuesday. So yeah. almost yes. Fantastic. So I was but have you had days. a good time with Bloomberg's abroad and has it taught you lots of things? No, it's just it's amazing, broadening yeah. experience. I mean, I've yeah. covered Must you know, the death of the okay. debt crisis, the Brexit, yeah. Scottish yeah. independence vote. So it's been quite a broad Fantastic. way. So I've been able to look at a lot of South African issues. Well, welcome, welcome home. And we'll talk a little bit about Brexit later on in the show because mm. you have fresh news or you, you'll have a fresh views and perspective from Scotland, which didn't want to leave mm. the European Union, just like Northern Ireland doesn't want to leave it. But we're going to start today again with um, uh, Northwest Province, which is still sort of at the heart of our political problems at, at the moment. Uh, of course, that moves around a little bit. Um, and Natasha Mariam is here just to sort of help us uh, um, settle us where we are, Natasha. Um, uh, the Premier is still in place. There is still sporadic violence in the province. What is the president doing about it, and is any of this, is any intervention working? Yes, Peter. Well, um, th th quite a big intervention was made last week when the provincial uh, health department, as well as um, you know, in a very technical sort of way, the, the provincial treasury was placed under administration. So um, that was quite a big step. Mm -hmm. There's also a massive core of government ministers who have descended on the province this week to assess the situation in the rest of the government departments. Um, what we're likely to see is further departments placed under administration as, um, you know, as the ministers go in and actually conclude their fact-finding mission. But today is a really important day because the NWC is sitting in Cape Town right. and um, Supra is on the top of the <laughs> agenda. And, and what can the NWC do? I mean, other than make recommendations to the NEC? Yeah, uh, effectively, that's all it can do. Yeah. Um, the last NEC meeting chastised the NWC for taking a decision, a concrete decision, on the appointment of um, uh, premiers for two provinces, right. um, Bumalanga and the Free State. Yeah. So, so the NWC's hands are tied, but what they could come out with is a potential special national executive committee meeting, yeah. um, or just to discuss the matter at the regular NEC meeting taking place at the end of May, which will then prolong the Supra matter. And does Supra Mahamapelo have much of a political future at this stage, or would he you know, need to be looking around for other forms of income or doesn't he need any income for a while? My understanding is that there could potentially be a deal on the table for mm. Supra, mm. that if he leaves um, he could be appointed potentially as a deputy minister. Mm. Um, these are some of the discussions and these are some of the ideas being bandied about but um, his c political career as Premier of the Northwest is effectively at an end. By, by the time the National Treasury takes over your ability to sign cheques Exactly. You're, you're done, right? Exactly. And 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 Ray, I mean, to what extent is this a um, is this a test for um, Sir Ramaphosa? You wrote the book, literally, on the guy um, before his before his <laughs> ascension to the leadership of the ANC. To what extent is this a test for him, and how well is he doing? You see, I think there's a major problem for Ramaphosa in that how does he how does he demonstrate to ordinary South Africans? ordinary people on the streets 
that life is different now to what it was under Jacob Zuma because he has an administration which is failing. You know, it's failing to deliver services at municipal level, local government level. You know, at, at the top end of the administration, it's highly functional and it's more functional now than it was under Zuma. The Treasury, you've got public enterprises under Gordon fixing up, you take, you, uh, you're taking Supra's procurement policy away from him and you're placing the finances there under administration. So at that top level, there is a lot of stuff happening and a lot of change. New ESCOM board. But for somebody who, you know, uh, lived in a shack in December last year, yeah. life is no different, except that VAT's gone up 1%. Yeah. And so the fuel prices at a record. Yeah. Up. You know, so it's very hard, I think, for him to demonstrate that there's real change to the people who count, which the people who are going to queue up or not queue up or stay away at the election next year. And I think that's a, that's a big crisis for Ramaphosa and it could explain why he's reaching into these sort of populist um, things, you know, and trying to team up with Julius and go for land expropriation, go for these quick populist fixes to try and make it look like life is improving. Um, but in reality, the, the country's on fire. I mean, there are mass protests like never before over service delivery. Sukhanati, if you were living in a shack before Sir was president of the country, um, three months later, what would you have expected to happen in your life? Well, that is wishful thinking to think what, ha what has been broken uh, for as long as it has can be fixed in three months. Sure, uh, I'm just saying. Now, uh, the, the, the starting point is there's a lot of thieving and corruption that has been happening, particularly over the past decade. And the Northwest, the past four years since Supra became the Premier, has been the headquarters of the crimes. <coughs> Nothing has happened in terms of law enforcement. Mm. Nothing, totally, absolutely nothing. And that is where you need to see change first. The thief that everybody knows needs to be dealt with. And, and nothing has happened. Th th that is where we are losing it as a country. And literally, as Ray said, the country is up in flames, it's burning. You've seen uh, 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 trucks burning up all over Moy, Moy River on the entry. Yeah, no, the Northwest, I was there driving through the fires trying mm. to find my way uh, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, nothing is happening in terms of change. Sh what should happen? Should have happened 20 years ago, 15 years ago the services need to be coming to the people and you needing to be freeing up the potential of the people by making it as easy as possible to invest yeah. as easy as possible to start your own your, your own businesses and that is not happening but again that's not going to be fixed and instead of instead of super mahomapello and his fellow um conspirators or thieves in 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 in, in the in the northwest province going to jail Natasha here is telling us that he might be ma made a deputy minister. What's wrong with Ramaphosa? You make the man a deputy minister instead of an ambassador. Jacob Zuma made them ambassador, ambassadors, all the thieves that he removed. In, yeah. in so Cyril's style will be to keep uh, them in his cabinet. Yeah, Cyril uh, wants them inside here next to him. <laughs> uh, but but this, the, the poetic justice about uh, the, the, the Supra Muhammad Pelo issue, you pointed out last week, Nkosa Zanadlamini Zuma, is being made to investigate yeah. 
her biggest supporter. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and now you, you that's there's no better way of breaking up that that, that Zuma yeah. cartel uh, yeah. uh, uh, within the ANC than saying, listen, those are your supporters, but I want the result, I want the outcome, and I want it now. Go check what have they have done and bring the outcome, and we prosecute them. Lukanya, does any of this, after you've been away for so long, sound familiar? I mean, there's a sort of debate as well, you know, change of administration, oh, how has life changed for the ordinary person? I remember we were having these debates even like 94, you know? yeah. I mean, they say like maybe somebody who doesn't come from a township, like I come from a township, like not actually being able to go to where I wanted yeah. without having to sit in the back of the bus, sure. even life might not be materially different. Yeah. That, that, that actually, that people sometimes are un, um, underestimated that sort of like a boost to dignity. Yeah, but, but, we, but, but we that's 27, eight yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, so, yeah. That, but if, even, with, even with, that, with that in mind, I mean, I don't know how much you can expect to change in two or three months. I don't know if people But do you think South African, that. but looking at what you know having come back, I mean, is it unreasonable for people to expect quick change? I mean, looking at the politics that you've seen in the UK or Scotland or wherever, um, people m are more or less the same everywhere, I think. Yeah, and I mean, and also to think about how difficult, I mean, uh, the challenges they have there in a very developed country, in a very rich yeah. country, one of the richest in the world, and but you look at the levels of child poverty there, you look about, it sort of just for me emphasizes how big this job is, mm. to, to do it in a much, much poorer country, and much less favorable conditions globally. Like in, I mean, I was interested. One of the one of the many things um, that is now being thrown around, like ideas to fix the country, and I've heard this now from Tito Mbaweni on Twitter, and I think the EFF are also tweeting about it, is to start a state bank and a sovereign wealth fund. I mean, Sikanotti, is there anything, is there anything that a sovereign wealth fund could do for us? I mean, a sovereign wealth fund, as I understand it, invests offshore. It invests sort of super profits made by some commodity or other we would used to have you know we've manganese let's say now it's doing quite well apparently um so you invest offshore you invest in bp other people's companies and other people's countries so that those that you can then draw dividends over the years for those profits for your future generations these people are not talking about future generations i presume here they're talking about now they're talking about now and they're not talking about planting they're talking about harvesting yeah. Uh, 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 somehow in their minds, uh, the, the latter, uh, that's where you start. Yeah. Uh, uh, be that as it may, the Economic Freedom Fighters is, pr is pr presenting a bill in Parliament which uh, calls for the establishment of a state bank. They are saying absolutely nothing about the five or six state banks we already have, Post Office, the IDC. Indeed, we do have the, the, the Sovereign Wealth yeah. Fund, which is the PIC. We've got the Land Bank. We've got Itala Banks. No one seems to think... These are the state banks. Let us fix what is wrong with them. They just, uh, because they are politicians, they want to claim that we started a bank. Mm. Duplicating exactly what we have had over the past 400 years and failing. What would it, just assume, that, assume that they do start a state bank, right? It's called the State Bank of South Africa. Um, uh, would it, 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 would have to, it would have to borrow money at the same rate as everyone else, but it would have to lend it out a, a lot more Cheaply, I presume, right? So its margins would be tighter. It would have to pay its people a little better, little well, or worse. And certainly, its executives would have to be very sort of um, um, sort of uh, uh, parsimonious in their in their salary demands. I mean, have, would it have any chance of? I asked uh, Tito Mboweni 
uh, last week. Mm. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, how will that bank work? Will it give money to black people for free? What is it that it will do that the other banks can't do? Because exactly as you have said, it will it will be operating in exactly the same market. The complaint by people who say they want state banks, they 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 are saying the commercial banks in which, by the way, the state has got the biggest share yes. through the PIC. Mm. Uh, they, they are saying these banks are not uh, willing to, to lend to, to black people. Uh, now, please show me a business person that goes into business and turns away the, the largest but lot of customers. Natasha, this stuff, you, hear, you must hear it a lot from the EFF and, 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 and from the political parties. I mean, are, they, are these just ideas being thrown around in the hope that one of them sort of catches on and finds a place with... You know, now that Zoom is gone, we're all looking for something new to hang our hat on. Um, it's, you know, the state bank was, is part of ANC policy for, I think, the last yeah. two decades. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been ANC policy, it's, and, and it's the failure of the ANC to implement it um, and to implement it effectively. For example, Postbank was the sort of poster child for a state yeah. bank. Um, what, what I'm not hearing anymore, uh, which, which would be more practical, is to look at the, uh, is, is actually a campaign spearheaded by Pravin Gordhan in, in his first term as finance minister about looking at the regulatory environment around banks, you know, uh, sort of re reforming um, the banking sector mm. and making it more accessible for the ordinary, for ordinary South Africans because that, whatever state bank comes onto the, onto the playing field will still be governed by the legislation the other banks um, are governed by I will still report, report to this, the Reserve Bank. Yeah. So, so um, you know, it's 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 a it's a tend toward the populist, um, which the EFF has brought onto our political scene yeah. quite vociferously, yeah. and it's the ANC then pandering to that um, as it has on the land debate. We'll be back with more populist television in just a moment. Welcome back. The uh, Financial Mail this week, which I'm just going to hold up without, uh, if, I if you can see that, has done a really, really good job uh, on, the, um, uh, on the Steinhoff story. And the story was written by its esteemed editor, who's now sitting next to me, Rob Rose. And Rob, the, um, basically the story of Steinhoff so far is that the damage that we assumed had happened when we first heard about it, when early December, it all seems years ago now, is much worse by almost by the day, right? The, yeah. the whole was six billion euros, it was assumed. And, and every year, every day, they're finding out some new ghost transaction, which, 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 which digs the hole even, even deeper. And you've written about um, the, uh, um, the sort of uh, the chairmanship or the, or the role handed to this young um, uh, a woman, Heather Son, whose father, Franklin Son, was once, I think, ambassador for South Africa to the U.S. And what is her job now? Does she have to save Steinhoff, or does she simply have to have to find out what's going on? Well, I think, Peter, I think those, those two issues are related. I mean, she has to know quite how bad the damage is to be able to fix it. Um, she's done quite a good job. I was at the AGM in Amsterdam um, two weeks ago, or last week, and she, she was tackled by a lot of shareholders that went on for three and a half hours. And she did quite an impressive job. Um, it, was, it was 
which was alarming to see the extent of shareholders who arrived there to, to pose questions and yeah. tackle management and what <coughs> they've done. And at some stage, the mood shifted in the AGM and they realized, actually, you know, Steinhoff's in a lot more trouble than we thought. There was almost a degree of sympathy for the guys who was were there. Were there managers that, was there management there or was it? Yeah, well, Heather Son was there, uh, the but CEO was she there. But she wasn't in management, she was on the board, No, right? she was yeah. on the board. But Danny van der Merwe was yeah. there, the yeah. acting CEO, who was yeah. Yeah. one of uh, Marcus Joost's good friends. And yeah. Marcus is the guy who we believe yeah. orchestrated this, this mess at the moment. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, it's far deeper than we thought. Six billion initially. Now there's going to have to be more billions written off, I think, in dodgy That's um, in euros, right? In euros, yeah. And, and what I still don't understand, and you, there, you've got a great example here when you talk to G.T. Ferreira, but we'll come back to this, is how Marcus Euster, who I presume is in South Africa. As far as we know, I yeah. think he last, last In fact, he's safer here than he is in Germany, <laughs> presumably, because yeah. he, yeah. Um, Probably uh, heading to Australia, like all our, yes. all our crooks. Yes. <laughs> um, um, oh God, you see, you see, now you completely made me lose my train of thought because I thought of a joke about Australians and criminals, but never mind. Um, we all know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point I want to make is that even clever people like GT Ferreira, yeah. Like, uh, like indeed, Christoph Wiese. Well, Christoph Wiese is now claiming 59 billion rand back from this thing. Now, is that is just a tactical thing because he wants to control the process, or is he now going to be the biggest creditor? How does this kind of work? Well I mean, my impression is that he wants a seat at the table when the restructuring is, is okay. debated. Yeah. So they have to decide what to sell, what to keep at Steinhoff, yeah. and if it's. Yeah if it's able to kind of present a new vision for what it can be in the future. And Christo Visa, if he hadn't lodged a claim, might have been left out of the process. By saying, you guys owe me 59 billion, he gets a seat at the table. But his claim is, is very strange because he's saying essentially he was duped into investing in 2014. He was duped into? Yeah, essentially he didn't know that there was all this fraud going on, so he wouldn't have done the deal otherwise. Now, you know, Christo Visa was the chairman of Steinhoff. So you have to say, if Christophe says the chairman was duped, um, imagine how shareholders feel about this. Well, was it, I mean, but is it, is it a case that, that you, know, so, you know, we all know about South African boards and how many people sit on how many boards. Do you just, is it because uh, people are, 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 are simply just too laid back about them and they assume that the accountants know what's going on and every, all accountants, of course, are honest and expert? Um, or uh, is there an arrogance, not an arrogance, not the right word, is there a is there a sort of a, um, a, a laxness about the way South African boards oversee the companies that they're supposed to oversee? I think that that's one element of it, and I think that's a strong a strong point to be made. Heather Son's point and so and Christovis's point too is that ultimately you're you're a chairman of a, of a board. To some extent, you have to trust management for at least the last mile. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The question is whether they not whether they should have done more to assess what was going on in Europe. But the yeah. way it was constructed, it was very smart. Um, Marcus Joester allegedly and his friends constructed a very smart um, schlenter, the yeah. word that Ray likes so much, yeah. to, to fiddle, the cash, fiddle the balance sheet so it didn't look like a fraud was taking place. Yeah. The, the note about GT Ferreira was particularly poignant, I thought, because you, he, 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 he was invested in PSG, right? And he had invested his, he'd started a fund for the workers on his, on his wine farm. Um, and it was, it was, um, um, and he was persuaded to, to swap the, his shares in PSG f to Steinhoff. <laughs> and at the time that he persuaded, was persuaded to do this, the shares in the trust fund for the workers, and this is extraordinary, I mean, were worth 787 million rand. 
and they're now worth 18 million rand. That's the level of, of mm -hmm. loss of capital. Do you think, Ray, that, that the Steinhoff thing, I, w I wonder whether anyone's bothered to, me to measure it because it's made people like Christa uh, Visa and all of that a lot poorer, whether it's had any effect on the Gini coefficient in South Africa, that, you know, on inequality in, in, in the sense that it's actually made the rich less rich. No, Something that you know size surely would have it, <laughs> would show up. Um, that's a very difficult question to answer. I know, I'm not going to ask you to calculate the I'm disinclined to go with the view that, you know, they were too busy and didn't pay attention yeah. and all that kind of thing. I think they're sitting around the board here. This thing's gushing money. Let's not go and mess it up, guys. Let's let it carry on gushing money. Yeah. And of you know, and, and 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 I mean, what this exposes really, I think, is just the lack of application of fiduciary duty by people on boards in South Africa, and I'm quite sure it's a lot more widespread. But it's but it's but, but it's but there's a lack of application by people in all of their duties. All th we're shot through with it in South yeah. Africa, be it on boards of private companies, be it in government ministries, be it in provincial. What's w is there a South African condition? Is it too hot here? I mean, I mean, is it, is it the weather or or what? Sikhanati, you're looking at I me as if you know. No, I, I, I <laughs> wish I wish I did. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. Why are we so slack? <laughs> <laughs> On the strain of matter, Christophe has a lot to explain. Of course, he's the biggest loser in all of this, yeah. and, and you have to respect the man. By the way, losing. Uh, uh, 100 billion rand, which the Kupias have been trying to steal for 10 years, losing it in two weeks and yeah. still be the richest man I in, in the country. Yeah. You have to, to respect the man. Yeah. But his claim, I, I submit that it is disingenuous on many levels. He was chairman of Steinhoff. Marcus used the reporting directly to him. Mm. He was chairman of Pepco at the time he invested. So Christovisi was buying from Christovisi. Yeah. Christopher yeah. is suing who now? Mm. Everybody who bought shares on the back of that deal that yeah. Christopher sat on both sides of should Sounds then be suing Christopher. So just uh, just remind us, uh, Pepco bought Pe Pe Pepco Steinhoff bought Pepco. Okay, got it. Yep. Yeah. Steinhoff yeah. bought Pepco. Yeah. And before that, uh, Christopher. Yeah. And be before that. Christovisi swapped his shares out of PSG as well, just like GT Ferreira yeah. did, uh, into into Steinhoff. But let's 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 limit ourselves to the fifty-nine billion rand claim. Let's limit ourselves to the fifty-nine billion rand claim. That's the fifty-nine billion rand uh, in which Pepco was injected into Steinhoff okay. by Christovisi into Christovisi. Yes. Who is he suing? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a, it's an interesting thing. I have no I have no further questions because I just don't know enough about it. <laughs> But um, uh, what you also were telling us before the show was apparently ESCOM um, is going to give us tomorrow its kind of state of the system report. How often does it do this? What is in this uh, it report? It does it at least twice a year. Yeah. So basically they tell us, look, we are going into winter. This is how <coughs> our infrastructure looks. And this is on average how much electricity we will need. And this is how much we co yeah. coal we have our nuclear power station, this is the service uh, element. Now, the most interesting part about that is that this time round, seven power stations, coal generating power stations, have got not enough coal. That's because our favorite, uh, uh, the, our patriots, the Guptas, uh, have failed to deliver coal yeah. since November. Yeah. And someone inside ESCOM, and that person is now suspended, uh, decided 
and because the person really played a very big role in, in selling the company to the Guptas, decided if these guys can't deliver, I'll divert call from six other power stations to this. Now all seven stations are short of of coal. They've got about 10 days of coal yeah. uh, because again the person who tricked ESCOM into selling, into buying uh, uh, or, or, or dealing a business with the Guptas yeah. and got paid for it yeah. presumably, now has compromised seven other uh, power stations. Are we going to have load shedding or are we not? We probably are not going to have load shedding, but we are in serious trouble. We're going to be, we're going to, we're going to get close. And very lastly, the government is apparently going to ban all smoking everywhere. Now, I mean, uh, where will you be able to smoke after the? You've written a very fine editorial. I don't know who wrote the editorial. The editor or the deputy editor. Um, but you're actually coming out against any more restrictions on smoking. I know neither of you smoke. Um, what is this? A sort of is this a, is this a, a f philosophical p uh, position you're no, taking? It's about it's about it's about yeah. individual liberties. Yeah. I, I definitely cannot smoke inside this building. No. But surely I can smoke outside. And I've paid for it. Now, uh, smokers are amongst the biggest uh, taxpayers in this country. Uh, the, the sin taxes that you see year in, year out, they, not, they don't hit the tobacco companies, they hit the smokers. Mm. They've already been, uh, uh, they are facing severe limitations already as mm. it is in where do they smoke. You can't even smoke in your own car. Uh, probably, but now they are going a step you further. You can if you just hang an arm outside yeah. like that. Now the government is, <laughs> by targeting smokers themselves, saying you cannot smoke even in the public spaces, it's actually doing what it did and failed dismally with the eaters. When they said, you get into your car, you pay us. Yeah. Now you put a cigarette in your mouth, you pay us. Who is the victim in this crime? Mm. It's the perpetrator. Well, the irony is you're going to have like the Secunda, um, Sassel Secunda plant with its wonderful plumes of smoke. Yeah. But you won't be permitted to smoke. But you won't be permitted to make your own plume, plume of smoke. So how, <laughs> how strong, how big is the health, public health argument here? Is it because you don't have an NHS here, so you don't have to worry about how much the state spends on the well, people you know, smokers I mean, who get sick? You'll, 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 you'll find <laughs> that, that in some parts of the country there are no more facilities to treat cancer patients. So. Um, the KwaZulu Natal has no no um, uh, cancer facilities available for the public any longer. So if you are smoking, you happen to get lung cancer, they can't help you in KwaZulu. And I think the same has now happened in the Free State as well. Yeah, uh, well, th um, there's there nothing. No, everywhere. There are no cancer specialists. And the money the that's being levied, the tax that's being levied on tobacco smokers, which should be then used to develop proper healthcare facilities to look after them, yeah. is being squandered and stolen. Hence, yeah. we have pictures of some people behind us here. Yeah. Uh, th these, this is the biggest tax base. Uh, if you are happy to, 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 to pay more tax to kill yourself, please go right ahead. Let's give you all the space outside. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think, Ray? That that I, I mean, I, I, it seems to me to sound like a silly idea, but but um, uh, this is something presumably that the health minister has come up with, and he needs to sort of will give him his head and let him go ahead with it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to. Yeah. Um, you know, it has made a big difference. Uh. The clamp down yeah. on. And that was in Kosozana's clamped down, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, it has changed the public health definitely. picture and yeah, definitely we, we relieved yeah. government of some spending. Thank but you very much for joining us, and we'll see you again hopefully next week. Bye-bye.